wanted to teach people how to avoid bankruptcy, if at all possible, but to also not feel shame if they had to do it. I think that's the biggest thing too. There's so much shame out there when it was created for a purpose. I mean, if you're not going out and buying, you know, a Lamborghini and then filing bankruptcy, you know what I mean? On purpose, because it was a plan, but God knows. I mean, how many times have people had to do it? They've gotten cancer, they've lost everything. There's no shame in this. And, And that was one of the things I wanted to help people understand, to not feel shameful, to try as hard as you can to get out of it, but to know that it is a, it is a resource if they need it. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Stories show listeners, and welcome to my show, where I help Christian women share their transformational God stories so women around the world can hear them and be healed from their brokenness. This is your Chief Storyteller host, Michelle Saunders-Gutch. And welcome to my episode 81, Donna's, The Power That Comes From Following God's Promptings, God's Story. And thank you for listening to my show that is part of the Spark Media Network and can also be heard on the Edify app. And friends, I hope all is well and you are enjoying your May month. And for all you mamas out there, I hope you had an awesome Mother's Day. Although I celebrate moms every day. Now, friends, I also wanted to take this opportunity to give a shout out to a former guest, Crystal Frey, for the lovely words that she wrote from women's and her women's best friends journal and for having me as a guest on her podcast show, The Daily Bread. And a shout out to Athena Dean Holtz and the Redemption Press team. Thank you for your support as I work on my healing memoir book. Friends, I also ask for your prayers as I recently submitted my Freedom Sweet Freedom God story to the 700 Club for consideration. And also, friends, I want to invite you to my Altered Stories Ministry Facebook Live Summer Kickoff fundraising campaign next month. I'll be sharing more details about this on my Altered Stories Ministry Facebook business page and supporter page. And now, friends, enough of all this chatter on my end. I need to get you super excited about this guest today. And I cannot wait to bring her to the mic. Her name is Donna Connor. And I was introduced to Donna by Christine McAllister, who is the queen of podcast guesting. Thank you, Christine, for the love. and. I want to share just a few words about Donna, and then she um, can share a lot more. And I wanted to also say she's a proud mom and wife, serial entrepreneur, author, coach, CEO of a multi-seven-figure consulting firm, and the founder of Life on Purpose Academy, where she helps People heal their relationship with money to live a life of purpose. Now, friends, isn't that awesome? 
So let's get to know her better. Hello, Donna. How are you doing? Hello. I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me here. So is there anything else you want to share personally about yourself that I haven't? You did a great job. I do find passion in helping people. Um, I have been helping people get out of debt for the last almost 17 years now. And that is what helped me find my path on with Life on Purpose Academy. And so it is just one way for me to serve others and to help give back and to help people get into a better situation and help them find a way to serve more, to get their message out. Because I believe, I firmly believe that we all have a message. We all have a purpose here. And my my path has been to help people learn what that purpose is and to help them go after it by becoming financially sound. Yeah, we're going to hear some really great words from you about how God really worked in that. So, um, you know, Donna, the Altered Story Show, as I've shared, we love to share all types of women's transformational God stories. And today, of course, we're going to be listening to your God story. But before we actually have you start sharing Would you share why you think people should share their stories, why they're so important? We all have something to give others. We have all had experiences that allow us to have empathy to help others that we wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. And so even, unfortunately, even the most horrific stories out there are for a purpose and help us to grow. It helps us build hopefully a stronger relation with Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It allows us to, we all have a voice and it doesn't matter if there are 500,000 other people telling the same story or doing the same thing. I will be able to attract people that no one else could. I will be able to reach someone's heart that no one else could. People listening to this They have a story and they have a purpose and they have a message that even if it's only one person, someone needs to hear it, that they would only understand and get and feel that spirit because of their story and their experience and their voice. And so I don't feel like I don't have a scarcity mindset. You know, there's 500,000 other people who are telling people how to get out of debt and that's okay. You know, there's big names like Dave Ramsey and that's okay. I reach people that he can't and he reaches people that I can't. And we're all trying to just do something good to help others, to put them in a better place and to teach them how to share and pay it forward. And so that's my whole philosophy is there's a book called the go-giver. That is my entire philosophy in life is it isn't about me. It's what can I do for others? And I know that God will bless me with everything that I am doing because I am helping his children. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is precious. And, you know, Donna, as you and I have discussed your unhealthy relationship with money and how your faith made a difference in your life in healing that relationship, can you tell us where your the power that comes from following God's prompting 
God's story began? Honestly, I'd probably say my tween years. That's kind of what set a foundation for my history and how I actually came to have an unhealthy relationship with money. It was never, my mom was a single mom. She worked three jobs at any given time for eight years. I mean, most of my growing up from time I was eight to 16. And she worked so hard. And I learned that you didn't get money unless you worked so hard. And then most of the time, it still didn't come to fruition. And she wanted to give us everything. Nothing she did was mean, but she, and she didn't understand, I think, what she did. So I have no hard feelings, but there were times where it's like it was back to school day, right? And it was time to buy clothes and everything else. And my sister and I knew that there was no money. We knew it. I mean, there's no hiding that. But she put, you know, cart, outfit after outfit after outfit after outfit in that cart. And my sister and I were having panic attacks. You know, I'm 11, 12 years old. And then she got up to the cash register and was so upset and embarrassed and everything else. And she wrote a check and it, that thing bounced. We knew it was going to bounce. She knew it was going to bounce, but her pride was there. But then the hard part was, is she was stressed and it rightfully so. I mean, when you're working that hard and, you know, odd hours and everything else, it's really hard to be patient. Right. And so she was so mad at us for weeks after that. Right. It was almost like it was our fault for the situation. And that's where I first gathered my feelings that I wasn't worthy of anything. I wasn't worthy of the clothes. I wasn't worthy because I was made to feel so horrible after the fact, but it wasn't, it was just her skills, right? At first for many years, it's like, I didn't understand it. And I'm more mature now. (laughs) And I understand she was working at her skill level on how to handle money, on how to handle stress. And, but it did shape me. It shaped me for a lot of years and I allowed it to shape me. And I think that's the most important part is that that was my choice. It was the, I was working at my skill level at the time. And it wasn't until I was a young adult that I came to understand that I am worthy. I'm worthy. Not only am I worthy of money, of having things, of having nice things, I was worthy of, because simply because I was a child of God, right? I was worthy to think bigger, to want more. I think so many times we think that you're not allowed to want more out of life. You're supposed to be very humble. You're supposed to accept what you're given. And that's not how Heavenly Father works. Heavenly Father wants to bless us all the time. He wants to give us every righteous desire of our hearts. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to do more, but it took me a long time. And I'd say that wasn't to like my mid thirties, mid forties that I actually understood truly that part of it. And so I grew up thinking I wasn't worthy. And so I don't know if you've ever met people that always have money. It doesn't matter how poor they are. They always have money. And then there are people that are so rich, but they're always broke. And so that truly is a reflection of how they feel about their worth. It is a reflection of how they feel as to whether they are worthy to have that money. And so it's very interesting dynamic to see when I've worked with couples to see 
how many people were, I've worked with people that were making high six figures that were broke all the time and never had anything. And then people who are making 40 and 50,000 who could do so many things and it's how they handled their money. And it's how they believed that they were worthy of that money. And that changed everything for me to help my clients. Once I understood that. How did God lead, lead you then to the, the actual, the, the, I mean, through that process, I mean, can you get backstory a little bit about kind of like, did you grow up in a Christian family? You know, I mean, I think our listeners need to understand that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to have money problems. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, people are people. There are a lot of Christians out there that struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. Yes, I was raised in a Christian home. Absolutely um, understood the plan understood how much heavenly father loved me understood that I was a child of God and it doesn't change. And people think, Oh, if you're a Christian or you believe in our savior, that you will not be affected. And I can't say that that is the opposite. Sometimes you're tested more because of that. Some, because again, Satan doesn't want us to succeed. He's going to, he's going to try and thwart us at every step. And if he can help us to feel like we're not worthy, he's going to do it. And so it took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of even some counseling to understand that I was worthy. But for me, the most of it was journaling and having reading the scriptures and understanding that he just wants the best for me. And there will be challenges in this life. And and that every challenge is for my growth. Every challenge is to bring me closer unto him. And that if I am willing to listen to the promptings that I'm given, that I will be blessed for it. Even when they aren't the way I expect it, and especially most promptings aren't, right? We we want Heavenly Father to bless us and we want him to do it in the way that we want it to happen though, right? And if you look at challenges that you've had that have gotten you to where you want to be and you look back, you're like, I never would have chosen that path, but I'm so grateful for it. And that is really my, my story with money is that I went through a bankruptcy in my twenties. You know, I got married um, at the age of 19 and my husband and I were living life. And all of a sudden one day he just came home and said, we're filing for bankruptcy. And I was shocked. He handled all the money. I had no idea where we were at on things. And again, it was nothing wrong. I was mad at him for a lot of years though. I'll be honest, because I didn't understand how in the world we could just be out of money or not try. I thought he should have fought harder and stuff, but I realized that he wasn't taught about money and he was working to his skill set that he knew. And at that point, he didn't know what else to do. And that's what we did. And so it was going through that to help me understand that we needed to have better education about money and finances as a married couple, because we were coming at it from very different viewpoints because we were raised very differently. And so for me, it was going through that trial and leaning on God's understanding and trying to do it that way instead of me leaning into mine and fumbling further down the road. Yeah. Did, did you lean into scriptures? I mean, when you were 
going through that counseling with your counselor as you were getting out of bankruptcy? Did you follow Dave Ramsey's principles or, I mean, what did you, how did God take you through that journey? Tell us about that. Sure. I didn't, hadn't heard of Dave Ramsey. I didn't hear about Dave Ramsey until about maybe in my mid thirties, early thirties. And I had already gotten divorced by then. And so at the time, there wasn't a Dave Ramsey. There wasn't someone to listen to. There wasn't, my parents never talked about money. And that's part of the problem too, is that our parents don't know as much and they're afraid to tell us how to do it because they don't want us to know how much they they don't know, right? So more, more often than not, parents don't teach their kids about finances because it's a pride thing or they're embarrassed, or they're not as financially fit as they think their kids, they want their kids to know that they are. And so during that time, I, I didn't go to my parents. We, we did, we stumbled through it. And it was going through scriptures. I, when we went through counseling, it wasn't through with scriptures or with that. That was on my own. That was me studying. And it wasn't even anything specific. And that's the part that's just incredible about Heavenly Father and the scriptures is that you can be reading anywhere in those scriptures. And it isn't that you're reading something specific or a specific topic. It's the fact that you're allowing yourself to be in a place. You're allowing yourself to open up your, your heart and your mind to receive the promptings that you need that Heavenly Father wants to tell you so badly about. And it was during that time that it was, this is you know, it was the age of YouTube, right? If it wasn't, Google is everything. Google's my best friend. YouTube is my second best friend. The three of us, we hang out all the time, right? (laughs) But it was Heavenly Father led me to say, go find some videos on how to balance a checkbook. Go watch a video about this, about interest. Go do this. And it wasn't that I was smart enough to do it, but it was, I was putting myself in a place that allowed me to be quiet so that I could hear what I needed to do to get myself out of the the situation. Well, I'll tell you, it's very, very difficult to go through financial setbacks and especially bankruptcy. I mean, and it's a very hard journey to recover from it. And um, I know many, 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 many who have gone in that direction in their financial um, situations. And sometimes God, I, I think he works all things together for good for those who love him. And I do think that he will um, honor your integrity and he will honor your heart and your obedience and, you know, the, if you're sincere about wanting to make changes, you know, I do think he, he does honor that. He knows the heart and turn turning things around like that in your life and repenting, you know, or some people just, like you said, it's just a total misunderstanding of money management and not having had the education or, you know, the upbringing or anything around that. So I just really, encouraging to hear that God led you through all of that and brought you to where you are in what you're doing. 
in helping others now because you have quite a, a, a business now, right? In this area. So tell us more about that. So, you know, how, how did you get there? A prompting. <laughs> yeah, it's what God's prompting, right? <laughs> a prompting, a prompting. And so I, you know, how I even got started with helping couples is my background is in accounting. And um, my my current husband and I, um, we made better decisions. Now, I have to do full disclosure. Um, we did file bankruptcy with, with my current husband and I because we lost, we were building a spec home. We had gotten ourselves financially in a good spot and we were doing well. And we decided to go build a half a million dollar spec home. And right in the middle, the housing market crashed in 2008. And in 2009, we lost everything. And so again, neither one was a skill set. It was learning. One was we took, we tried to do something and it didn't work. But, you know, people come to me all the time and they're like, would you do that again? There's no way you would do that again. Like my parents, especially were like, you'd never do that again. Right. I'm like, oh, I do it again in a heartbeat. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I learned so much from that because here's the thing. And you know, this, we learn more from our trials than we do from our wins. We learn more from the hard parts. And so, and I have a higher risk tolerance than my husband and my kids do. So I would never do it again out of respect for them. But I personally would have done it in a heartbeat again because I learned so much through it and I would know how to protect ourselves through that. But so just to say, yes, been through it twice. Yes, it is unpleasant. Yes, I highly recommend nobody does it. And that's one of the reasons that got me started doing this too, is to say, I wanted to teach people how to avoid bankruptcy, if at all possible, but to also not feel shame if they had to do it. I think that's the biggest thing too. There's so much shame out there when it was created for a purpose. I mean, if you're not going out and buying you know, a Lamborghini and then filing bankruptcy, you know what I mean? On purpose, because you, it was a plan, but God knows, I mean, how many times have people had to do it? They've gotten cancer. They've lost everything. There's no shame in this. And, and that was one of the things I wanted to help people understand to not feel shameful, to try as hard as you can to get out of it, but to know that it is a, it is a resource if they need it. And so my friend had come to me knowing she and her husband were in a horrible financial situation. They were about to lose everything, um, including their marriage. And they're like, can you help us? And I'm like, I will sure try. And I was able to help them put a plan together. And we worked for several months together. Um, they were able to really learn the skills on how to, to create a budget and how to pay down their debt faster than they thought they could. And they were able to get into a better situation a lot faster. And they were on board. And it was, it was me helping them how to have healthy conversations with their spouses. Um, because you know, when it's financial, it's really hard to be Christ-like sometimes. Um, people lash out and it, again, they're working at their skill set. And so um, Life on Purpose Academy I, I came 13 years after I started because then she helped her. She's like, will you help my family member? And her family member said, will you help my friend? And it was just a pay it forward. I didn't charge them for this. I was learning how to help people. And, and really it was a, it was a, 
it was a way for me to give back to what Heavenly Father had taught me. It was a way to give back to say, you have blessed me. You have given me every righteous desire of my heart. You know, what can I do? And this is what it became. And now in the last, you know, almost 17 years, I've helped a couple hundred couples. We have made a huge difference. I've been able to, and it's not me, I say this, but honestly, it is with Heavenly Father, right? He has led me to the right people or they have let, he's led them to help me help them. And I just feel like it's so important. But the part that started Life on Purpose Academy was the fact that every single couple that I helped became, were like, why didn't we know this sooner? Why weren't we taught this? And I'm like, you're right. We need to be helping high school seniors. We need to be helping 20 something year olds getting ready to go off to college. We need to, you know, are in college and who are struggling. And I've tried to do adulting classes and I've tried many different things. And the problem is, is it isn't a pain point for them right now, right? They don't understand what the consequences are or will be in even a year or two, right? With what they're doing. It isn't a pain point. And so doing that, it was my clients are the young adults, but it's the parents who would be paying me. And then the parents, it's a pride thing. They're going, I don't need someone else, or I don't want someone else to teach my kids something I should have been able to do, but haven't, or don't know how to do. As we talk about like the book I'm writing, um, it's called go for it and how anyone can fund their dream life. But what it really is, it's a financial lit book. It is, but nobody wants to live in a budget. Nobody wants to feel like they're being confined. And if you learn how to set goals as a family or set goals for yourself and decide what it is I want to do it in my life and what is it, do I, who do I want to serve? It now becomes that financial literacy and it becomes that budget is now actually the tool that's going to get them to go after their dreams. It's the tool that's going to get them everything that they want. And so by changing that, I have more interest with the young adults who don't care about a budget, but have lots and lots of dreams. And now they're interested in learning how to be financially sound so that they can go after those dreams. And that came from Heavenly Father. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to ask about that because, you know, I think that God really honors our intentions. And when it comes to self gratification and you know wanting to elevate yourself over others because you make more money or have more money or control others I don't think God honors that but what I do think he honors is when people really want to have the freedom and the independence to where they can do the work and be all God has purposed them to to be because that's how he really intended it he intended us to steward our money, give, give generously. It's the givers that are the happiest of people. Uh, it's just, there's such freedom in it, you know, too. But it's a discipline. And, you know, I can say that when you talked about self-worth, you know, and how you applied, how you spent your money on self-worth, I think there's a, a root, a root issue that people have to get to the emotional side of what's going on in order to be able to stand strong and not 
use money to build their pride, to build their ego, to build their, because the Bible tells us first and foremost, the pride goeth before a fall. Secondly, the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? Foolish man built his house upon the sand and, you know, the walls came tumbling down. And so our foundation truly should be God first, God honoring and how we steward and everything we get is from him. It's from God. You know, I mean, we're made in his image. He blesses us. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I think it, it's a lot of maturing <laughs> to get your mindset there because I know I definitely did not have that kind of mindset early on in my no, in my a lot of, most most people don't. I think I think that's the part too that's so hard is that people look around and assume everybody else has it together, but them, and it and it doesn't do anything to help them move forward. And it's you know the the quote um, comparison is the thief of joy, and so so much we feel like you know you're I'm failing because so-and-so's got it together or so-and-so has this and so-and-so has this. And I'm sitting here going, how am I going to put food on the table? And I think the biggest thing for people to understand is nobody's got it together. (laughs) Well, and we, you know, we all have imperfection from your perspective, then how, how can you change the way you think, feel and communicate about money? I mean, having come through what you've come through, because those, I think those are really important. That's a really important question, you know, because there's more to money than just money. I mean, there's a lot involved in terms of, you know, how we think, how we feel, how we use money, all that. Well, years ago, when I first started doing this again, it's, it's interesting. It took me a lot of time on the struggle bus until I understood what was going on that I knew it enough that I could help someone else. And so, but even as I was learning, I was stumbling through because I helped a couple get out of debt three times. And when they came to me the second time, I'm like, okay, they have the tools. They have the skills. I've spent months and months and months working with them. What is wrong? And that's when I got on my knees again. And it's like, Heavenly Father, I I don't know how to help them. I'm almost embarrassed that I don't know how to help them. And the prompting that I got was, well, they need to work on their mindset and their heart set about money. They needed to work on their mindset to see that they were worthy of the money. And two, they needed to work on their heart. And we talked a lot about gratitude. I can't tell you how much gratitude and recognizing the blessings that we have day in and day out makes such a difference on how we handle our money. Give us an example of that, Donna. What do you mean by that? With gratitude, okay. If we can't handle $1,000, we can't handle $10,000, okay? If we can't see the blessings that we already have, we will never accept other bigger blessings that we think that we're supposed to have. And so working with people and even myself, it's like when I see, when I start struggling on something, I'm like, okay, I have a checklist. (laughs) Am I being grateful for what I already have? Am I recognizing my blessings? Am I 
sitting here filling, trying to fill a void that I have that I should be filling with God? You know, what are these emotional things? Do I, and especially at the beginning, it's like, am I worthy of this money? Yes, I am. And it's helping people understand that. I also help people go through their origin story with their family. How were you raised? What were you taught about money, both in verbal form and by example, right? And and helping them walk through that and understand that and talk about maybe some things that are false beliefs that we've had. You know, we assume a lot as kids. We assume we know everything about our family. We assume that what we were shown as an example or told was the truth, and it's not always. And so it's it's changing that story. It's changing that. But really, the gratitude, I think, honestly, from a hard point is one of the things I work on. And so I do work on a gratitude journal with every client I work with is that both both spouses, if I'm working with a couple, have to write down every single day some, you know, five things they're grateful for. And you're like, you know, how woo-woo is this? But I can't tell you the change and the softening of hearts and the softening of hearts between spouses by that simple thing. It's it's amazing how Heavenly Father puts these things together. Yeah, <laughs> he's using you. It is. And it's not even using me. It's the fact that showing mm-hmm. gratitude. And accepting the gratitude softens our hearts in so many ways. It softens our hearts towards ourselves. It softens our hearts towards our spouses, towards our kids, towards our parents, you know? And so for me, that is because a lot of my clients aren't, aren't Christian. And so if they are, I definitely tell them to read their scriptures every single day. Tell them to spend time with the Lord, pray. But for those that aren't, it's the gratitude. And I still do the gratitude with them too, but it, for those that aren't religious in any way, the gratitude still softens their hearts and gets them so that they're malleable and willing to listen. Sometimes I've had clients hang up on me because they didn't like what I was telling them. you know. And yet that client became my biggest evangelist. He was so awesome, you know, because he finally got it. And it was because he, I called him back a few minutes later, Mike, do you feel better? And he's like, no. <laughs> And so, but it was so interesting to see him go through this and for him to have his heart soften. And because they were on the, they were literally like two days later, supposed to have an appointment to file for divorce and bankruptcy on the same day. And so it was a most incredible journey with them to watch them go through and try harder and try to include God because they were religious, but they hadn't included God in anything. Right. And so, um, I love their story. I love their journey. And it was it easy. No, it was harder than heck, but they've made a generational difference because they don't want their kids to go through what they've gone through. And that to me is the most important part to help those who didn't learn as a kid who are struggling now to help them so that not only are they helping themselves, but that they can go and make a difference. It's a whole new generation that they can teach and be confident to teach their kids about. And that's what I really want. And so it's incredible though, um, to see the difference when we include God in our lives. And if they aren't religious to show gratitude and to see what comes to them when it happens. 
What is the, some of the scriptures that you share is, well, what is there one personally too that you have that really resonates with you? Um, well, you quoted both of them. <laughs> I love that because I do. We talk about the importance of building your home on a foundation. It's about your life on a foundation. And so how important money is that money's a tool. And so we need to use it as such. It doesn't make us better or worse than anybody else, whether we have it or we don't. It is a tool. And when we can use that tool, we can, we can use it for good and that we can build the Lord's kingdom or we can simply build for those that aren't religious. It's like, you're building this for your family. You're building this for your kids. You're building this for their kids. And so um, I love I love the, that scripture. And again, I also love the one is, and it's about pride and it, it is absolutely about pride. It's pride, whether we're, we're willing to listen and be teachable, whether we're willing to, it's that pride of, are we willing to set aside, you know, the things that we want to do what's right and to really I'm trying to think of how I want to say that right now. Sometimes we let pride get in the way of silly things, but they, that snowballs into a lot of big things. And so we talk about pride on that just in the beginning, because I asked, I actually asked them on a scale of one to five, how prideful do you feel you are in different aspects? Right. But we do go through those scriptures. The, uh, as we are wrapping up our conversation, um, I, I kind of would like to know for you, I mean, you've shared a, quite a bit of your history and your background and kind of what brought you to where you are. And I think the transformational piece of what, tra- what, what transpired when you went from being unhealthy to healthy in your understanding of finances, can you elaborate a little bit more about that? I think the biggest thing for me, when I say that I understood who I was, again, I grew up as a Christian. I grew up going to church every Sunday. I grew up reading the scriptures daily, praying. Well, okay. I didn't read them every day, right? As a young adult, Um, but praying daily for sure. I grew up knowing I was a child of God, but not believing it. Okay. That was the biggest thing for me was believing it. And so being in the scriptures, praying, journaling, and like writing letters to God saying, you know, I'm struggling with this, you know, who am I? But having those promptings and following them have led me to every good thing in my life, no matter how difficult it seemed. I have totally unrelated, but probably the most powerful experience for me was there was a shooting at my work 18 years ago and one of the managers was killed. I'm here today because the gun jammed. This was a friend. This was a small business. We were family. We went to kids graduations, you know, their kids graduations, there's kids weddings. I mean, we were a tight knit group and to have this happen, lots of counseling over the years, lots of trauma response, and things like that. But about six years ago, Heavenly Father came to me and said, you're going to write a book about this. And this is a different book. (laughs) And I pushed it aside. 
but my business was struggling. And again, I'm like, who am I to write this book? That is way too emotional for me. That is going to open up wounds. So I don't even know how to do that other than telling a fantastical story. What's the point, right? I don't want to just tell a fantastical story. There has to be a point. And Heavenly Father didn't give me that part of it yet. And I pushed that aside. I pushed that aside for four years. And two years ago, a year and a half ago, Heavenly Father came to me. I woke up one day with the strongest prompting that said, I am done with you being afraid. It's time. This is going to happen no matter what. So I need you to be prepared. And the next week I was led to somebody who could help me do everything I needed to do to make this happen. And the minute, remember, I went five years saying, yeah, okay, you know, patting Heavenly Father on the head, right? Yeah, okay. And my business struggled. And I'm sitting here going, what am I doing? I'm following the promptings for work. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be. And just so you know, just because you follow a prompting doesn't mean everything is going to go just smooth. (laughs) But I accepted it and I have made progress to it. But what's interesting is the minute I said, I will, my business has been flourishing. This other book that I wrote only came about because I was willing to do this other one. And I think that's one of the things is that this book was supposed to happen and he needed me. The only way he could get me on board was to kick me in the pants over here. And so again, I've this last year and a half has been the wildest journey of my life. It has had so many incredible things, so many blessings that I, it's incredible. It's overwhelming with how many good things have happened since I finally followed that prompting. And, you know, before we got on here, we talked about that, you know, there's things that happen in life that we can't control and learning how to handle that. Well, I turned my book in this one called go for it back in March and the editor's been behind and they just reached out to me to say the files corrupted and I've lost, I had two IT people trying to recover my book because I had no other copy of it. The file I sent out was corrupted. And so I've had two IT guys spend two weeks trying to recover. The most they could do is roll back and find a previous version. And I lost six of my 13 chapters. And it's just like, okay, I would, I cried. Not going to lie. I cried for two days. <laughs> but I also had came with a hug. It came with a spiritual hug that said, it's okay. There is a purpose for this. And it's just like, okay, so we, we're getting ready. We're clearing our schedule. We will be writing six more chapters here very quickly. <laughs> and so do I know why it happened? No. Do I think it happened for a purpose? Yeah. But I just want to say, we're going to get promptings that don't make sense. We're going to get promptings that we don't want to do. We're going to get promptings that we're going to fight to the nail and to avoid doing. And I'm just here to tell you, though, do it. <laughs> I hate to say it. Just do it. <laughs> don't don't say how, right? Because Heavenly Father is going to make it. He'll He'll give you the how. It's You just have to take that first step. And it, it's the same thing with money. I don't know what I'm doing. That's okay. I need to make a change. That's okay. Find the right people. There are so many people out there. There's so many resources out there that are free. There are resources out there, whether you check out a book, whether you listen to Dave Ramsey, if you go find a blog, if you watch YouTube videos, 
It will help you to get from where you're at to where the next step. And you don't have to go from here, from A to Z. You just got to go to B. And it just takes that first step. And so as I go through my journey, doesn't matter how I've come to have faith in those promptings because there's lots of years. I've got, I just turned 50. I have lots of decades worth of experiences where I didn't follow the prompting and it didn't take me to where I needed to be. And it took me longer to grow and longer to succeed than it should have if I just followed. And so like, that's my testimony. My testimony is to follow the promptings. My testimony is to don't ask why, don't ask how, take the step, take the logical step and then ask what you're supposed to do. Because like that book where I said, it's just this fantastical story. And I just say, what is the point of this? And I can't, I don't want to just tell that fantastical story. When I finally had an opportunity to say, okay, you want me to write this book. You're telling me that I have to be get prepared for it. And I did this, 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 and this to prepare for this. And I still have no idea what you want me to say in this book. I need help. And I said a prayer and it doesn't always happen this way. You know that listeners know that I was very blessed on this, but it was probably six months after four months after I got that first prompting. And I said, what do you want me to write about? And I kid you not, it took me 20 minutes to write the entire outline of the book, all the sub stories, all the, you know what I mean? It, it was an instant download from Heavenly Father because I was willing to listen. So, okay. Well, it's a beautiful way to close this and wrap up. And Donna, thank you for sharing your heart. And um, friends, we're going to have this episode up on our website. And Donna, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share with my listeners your God story. I mean, you have some incredible words and wisdom that I think my listeners are going to really glean from. And um, one last question is, how can uh, others reach you? The best way would be lifeonpurposeacademy.com. Okay, that's a great, that's a great way to remember. So, <laughs> and we'll, like I said, we'll make sure all of that is out there. And friends, until the next show, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 